0: Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Psalms. We'll look at the 19th Psalm this morning. We've spent the past couple weeks looking uh, at the trustworthiness of the Bible. We looked at the Old Testament and the New Testament canon. We looked at those in uh, detail and did the best that I could to uh, unravel some of that. And there's so much involved in looking into the canonicity of the Scriptures. But as we looked at those today, as I made my way toward this uh, message, I wanted to take a moment to simply look at the why it's important. And most importantly, why does the Bible even matter? Why is it even important to begin with? There are many that uh, view the Word of God as a good book, a good book of literature, a good book of history, uh, but they don't view it as God's Word, even though we attach to it the name, the Word of God. So we want to look today at exactly why we believe that the Scripture is sufficient. It's all we need. Take a look with me if you would. Psalm chapter number 19, verse number 1. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath He set a tabernacle for the Son, which is a bride, as a bridegroom coming out of His chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and His circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Can we pause for just a moment and as a family read verse 14 together? And let this honestly be our prayer today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in Thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Father God, You truly are our strength. And we're so thankful, Lord, that You are our Redeemer. Father, help us during this time to... Commit our minds to you, not to what's going on a pew over or behind. Father, not to be concerned with what's taking place following this service, not to be worried about the issues from yesterday or the cares of tomorrow, but Father, that we would have our minds stayed on Thee. Father, that we would not allow ourselves to be distracted, and that Father, we would not allow ourselves to be a distraction. Because, Father, Your Word is enough. So, Father, prick our hearts today. Cause in us a hunger and a desire to have more, more about Jesus. We pray these things in Your Son's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Psalm 19 speaks to how God has revealed Himself to man. This psalm speaks of two specific uh, uh, ways. First of, uh, of all is a general revelation uh, by man, uh, to man by the creation. It says in verse number 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Once you get through verses 1 through 6, after that you have verses 7 through the fulfillment of the, of the passage of the chapter here. And it is in reference to the other way that God reveals Himself to man, and that is a specific, more specified revelation to man through His written Word. Now with these two revelations, there are only two uh, ways for, uh, for man to see uh, God here. And what we want to understand is that it is very specifically given and no one under the sun, no one under the heavens is without excuse. God has revealed Himself. If you would, keep your hand in Psalm chapter 19. Flip over with me, if you would, please, to Romans chapter number 1. And let's see what I'm talking about in this. Because God's general revelation, i.e. the heavens and and the the creation, the testimony that is given to us in creation, uh, is seen and, and leaves no one without knowledge of the divine. No one is without knowledge of God. So if you take a look in the book of Romans, chapter number 1, look with me at verses 19 and 20. Verse 19 says, "...because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. If you were to continue to read, it says, But uh, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. It's an interesting thing. Anyone can say that they had no knowledge or no uh, uh, ability to see God. God's very creation is what testifies. It says in verse 20 there of Romans chapter 1, that the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Open your eyes, He says. He says, just take a moment and look into this world. How can you think for even a moment that there's not a greater being than us. How can, you, how can you think for even a moment by looking at the world around us that there is not a design? It, it does not make logical sense. The second way that God reveals Himself is seen in verses 7 through 11, and we're going to deal with those in a moment. That's His specified revelation through His Word. But very, very first thing that we want to look at in this psalm is that God has revealed Himself Through creation. God has revealed Himself to not just you and not just me, but to all mankind by way of this general revelation. Now, understand something. If you were to read verse 1 here, he says, "...the heavens declare the glory of God." And the firmament, another word that you can use there for firmament, a lot of times we don't fully understand what is it about a firmament. Just say the sky, okay? The sky, what we look up above us, when we look up, we step out into this world and and we walk out of our house. We look up into the skies. If it's nighttime, I don't know about you, but I like taking the dog out to the restroom at night and looking up on a clear day. And I'm just holding on to that leash. And she's trying to get back in because it's cold. But the stars are amazing. (laughs) And the psalmist said it this way, He made the stars also. As if it was an afterthought. The heavens, how can you look up and how can you see? It it talks about this. It says something that is seen by all mankind. The heavens, the the sky, the stars, the moon, the sun. You put it up into the air. The clouds. I mean, just look into the sky for just a moment. How can any of this be an accident? It makes no sense. It it is not logical to say that all of this came from nothing. Billions of years ago, nothing exploded. Okay. What exploded again? Nothing. I don't know about you, but... (laughs) Yeah, you know, I like doing these kind of things because some of the adults are like, huh? And the kids are like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> nothing exploded. So nothing. There was no explosion. Nothing can't explode. Seriously, billions of years ago? It doesn't make logical sense. Nothing can not, nothing can produce nothing. If you have nothing and you say, I want more, you're gonna get This is Thermodynamics 101, okay? <laughs> nothing produces nothing. nothing. So let's think just logically for a moment. If you were to look at all the stars, the suns, the clouds, the moons, etc., all of this proclaims the handiwork of God. God. You know, I'll give you, some of you are, are you you like the scientific things, and okay, well, give me something scientific as evidence for this. You have a law of, uh, of motion that if something was to be spinning out of control, and all of a sudden you had an explosion, Let's say you were on, uh, uh, you say you had a, a, a record player, and I don't know about you, some of these, uh, what? <laughs> Kids are like, huh, what's that? Okay, you had these big discs, and you'd put them on there. Did you all ever speed the record player up? Some of y'all still look at me like, I don't even know what a record player is. Okay, let's see if I can give it in modern day terms. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Okay, is that better? All right. Does that help y'all a little bit? Some of you, Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> Gee whiz. So I, I, you take that record player and you get that, it, it'd go either 33 or 45, but you could grab hold of it and start getting it going faster. Next thing you know, everybody's a chipmunk at that point, right? And you just get it spinning, you get it spinning, you get it spinning. Okay, now if, if you were to take something like that and you got it spinning and then it flew apart, all the pieces would spin in the same direction as they flew apart. Okay, so let's just use logic for a moment. You had the Big Bang. And everything that came from that Big Bang should spin the same direction. But there are planets in our solar system spinning the opposite direction and certain moons spinning the opposite direction. The heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. Ain't no quantum physicist can explain. Well, you see, I don't know. I know. God. God started putting everything into place and goes, you know what? Let's see if we can... I like this one going that way there. Deal with that, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. The heavens declare the glory of God. But it says, here's another example of this. Look at verse 2. It says, Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth the knowledge. He then comes down at the end of verse 4. He says, in them He set a tabernacle for the sun. This is is what I love about God's Word. God's Word, uh, there's no better place in, in the Scriptures than right here that I have found that gives a defense. God gives His own defense for the Word of God. When presented with the evidence of the heavens and the exactness of the rotation and orbit of all that is in the heavens, the only logical conclusion is that there is a God. That's the only logical conclusion. And so look at those two things very specifically. That the heavens declare the glory of God and logic dictates... That something cannot come from nothing. Order does not come from chaos. But many say, "Well, then, where did God come from?" Right? They want to give you that one. Well, okay. So you got to bind by the be bound by the own rules too. And so, where did God come from? Um, biblical Christianity has always relied on a God that is outside of it. For something to be created, something outside of that creation must be the one doing the work. Stephen Hawking himself, in A Brief History of Time, tries to trace back and says that you can trace time back to the very beginning. It had a starting point. Who started it? What started it? Let me ask it this way. If time had a beginning, where was it? Time had to have a place, and so space also must have had a beginning. But if space had a beginning, when was it? And... What was there in the space at that time? You had to have matter at the same time. And so matter, space, and time all had to begin at the same moment. The heavens declare the glory of God. We believe in a God that is outside of time. That's why He is known as the great I Am, not the I was or the I will be. He's outside of it. He created time. He created space. He created matter. He is not, therefore, bound by those same rules. He, Jesus said in John chapter eight, verse 58, "I am." He says, "Before Abraham was, I am." In Acts chapter seven verses four, uh, of 48 through 50, we see that the reality that God is above all and around all. So the only logical view is that something outside was what started or began it all. I like how it says in verse number 3 that there's no, no voice, no speech, nor language where their voice is not heard. No people group on this planet is outside of the reach of God. None. Verse 4 says, the, it says "...their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world..." In them hath He set a tabernacle for the sun. The proclamation of God is seen all over the earth and this compels man to know more. The heavens do declare the glory of God. As we read there in in Romans chapter 1, no one is without excuse. No one can say, I didn't. Know there was a God. Verse five then. Says, which is as the bridegroom coming out of, his ta- out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. The bridegroom picture was uh, back in that day, the bridegroom would be uh, dressed in fine apparel because let's just be honest, the bride's got to woo, the, br- the bridegroom's got to woo the bride, right? And so he would get all dressed in these fine robes and he would come out of the chamber and he would come to find the bride and he would claim his bride. Have you ever just sat up in the morning, wee hours of the day, it's dark outside, and all of a sudden you see that sun just cresting over the hill. Magnificent. All the darkness dispelled. There's light. It's brilliant. It's gorgeous. If you've never experienced a sunrise over the coast... I encourage you to find a way to do so. The life granting warmth of the sun is felt by all who exist. It covers the whole earth from east to west. Our dog, our dog understands this better than many humans. We've got a spot in the back. At our back door, that back door of our house, uh, in the morning you've got that, uh, you've got that eastern sun, sunrise coming up and, and the warmth, just the, the, the light floods through that back door. It's a sliding glass door and our dog will find her way and sit on the chair of the dinner table right by that, sit in the sun, and she'll just have her head up. Just basking in an accident. No. She's basking in the warmth of her Creator's gift. But now, what about the Word of God? Because that's what comes now. It's because you've got not only creation testifying, but you have God's own Word testifying. Let's look at this uh, in detail. In the following verses from 7 on through, uh, specifically from 7 down through verse 9, but then verses 10 through 14 kind of close everything up, uh, you have an understanding of what God's Word accomplishes. But not only what God's Word accomplishes, but what uh, what its attributes are, what the Word of God's attributes are. And as I said a while ago, Psalm chapter 19 is God's own built-in apologetic for His Word. Look at verse 7 with me. He says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The law is perfect. This uh, perfect can be said as entire or complete. Uh, God's law is without spot and is completely undefiled. Understand that. I believe in a God that is able to create. it. You know, it the, the only logical conclusion to move from looking at this entire creation around us and seeing, okay, there's no way that all of this can be an accident. There has to be something greater than me. There has to be someone who has actually set it all out there. The only logical conclusion then is to find out who he is. And to leave no stone unturned until I know the God that created everything. And if I'm able to believe in a God who's able to start time, to open up space and to place matter in that at the same moment, if I'm able to believe that, I have to believe that He is all-powerful. And so when I read something like this, it says that the law is Perfect. It is complete and undefiled. And then someone tries to tell me, well, your Bible has been changed. No, I'm sorry, it hasn't. Find fault with it, find it. Uh, I've come across uh, many, many, many different uh, posts. I mean, just spend time on Google for five seconds. Gee whiz, we saw a uh, shirt a young man was wearing the other day, and Sarah said, "You need to get that shirt." It said, "I don't need Google. My wife knows everything." Right. Said it should be in parentheses under this, and she bought it for me. <laughs> But just spend a little bit of time online. You will find very quickly lists upon lists upon lists of, all oh, these are all the errors in the Bible. Spend five minutes looking at them and see if they hold any water. I've done it. It's, it's amazing. But here's the problem. There are difficult passages, yes. But when you spend the time reading and searching, I had a a friend tell me one time we were talking about gray areas, and he came in a couple days later, and he hands me a newspaper. And he says, what color is that newspaper? And I said, well, black and white and red all over. He says, no, seriously, what color is the paper? I said, gray. He handed me a magnifying glass. He said, now look. I looked real close, and if you look really close, it's not gray. It's specks. Of black and white. He said, You just haven't looked close enough. We need to look closely. We, we got to quit putting God inside this box. <laughs> We've got to understand, He is so greater than we are. My first cursory reading, going across it, going, Well, looky there, there's a problem. Guess I'm done with it. Okay, that just made me smarter than God. I'm not smart enough to create this universe and put this earth in an orbit that is perfect. If it was off by one degree, we would all burn up or freeze to death. I'm not that smart. so the Word of God is perfect. It's entire and it converts the soul. In other words, it brings back or restores. The law instructs and restores them, those people who have, who have been blinded, those of us when we were once dead in our trespasses and sin, the law instructs us, restores us, brings us from immorality to righteousness. The next thing we look at is His testimony is sure. It's from the Hebrew word aman. A- Does that sound familiar? Maybe amen or amen? It's testimony being sure means it is certain or permanently settled. Permanent. You can trust in the steadfastness of God's word. You can rest in it. There's, there's no, uh, there's no wondering. Okay, does this, uh, does this supersede what it says over here? Which way does it? Do I? You know, if you were, if you were to read the Quran, what they'll tell you is that you can. Uh, the first. Uh, part of the Quran is superseded by the later parts of the Quran. And so as I read the Quran, uh, I come to a place uh, where uh, it says that I'm supposed to do this, but then later it says I'm not supposed to do it. And I go, well, which one do I listen to? Well, you got to listen to the later one. you hold the phone. Does that mean that God changes his mind, and he's different. He says, well, you know what? As things change, you got to change with the times. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. My God never changes. Amen. And what he said then and what he says tomorrow is going to be the same. So if he said back in Deuteronomy, be ye holy, for I am holy, guess what? In the New Testament, when he says, as it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy, still holds water. The word of the Lord is permanently settled. And it says, making wise the simple. You know the uh, I was studying this. You know the word simple there. If you were to take the actual Hebrew word, do you know what the word the English equivalent would be? An ignoramus. It is also the English equivalent for agnostic. And so someone in the Greek would refer to himself as an agnostic, saying, I don't know. Would you go around bragging to people that you're an ignoramus? No. <laughs> That's what it means. Now, I'm not trying to be unkind. Unkind. But when I say, I just don't know, that is not a statement of superiority. It should be a statement of, someone teach me. And the Word of God makes wise the simple. The Word of God does that. I have, I've had people in, the, in my past tell me, and talking with them. Well, I'm just an open minded individual. The word here for simple brings with it the idea of an open door. The word simple carries this idea it is one who is wide open to anything. And it's kind of like, you know, the old joke you, you had your, you know, oh, someone wrote simple on the top of that, on the ceiling there. Someone wrote, and some of the people are already looking up going, what's he talking about? It's that idea, very easily led whatever direction they are open. Can I say this with all love, with all candor, and with a heartfelt desire for people to know Christ? Close it. And let the Word of God be what does that. Well, I'm open to anything. That means that I'm open to whatever anyone wants to tell me. I'm open to whatever could be wrong as well as right. Wisdom closes the mind. You know how it is when you come into a new situation and you start to think to yourself, uh, I, I can go this way or I can go that way. I can do it this way. I can do it that way. But you come to the conclusion that there's one right way to do something. Wisdom has taught you this is what's right. And it closes your mind to the rest of it. After the fifth speeding ticket, wisdom closes your mind... <laughs> To that heavy foot, right? (laughs) At least for the next couple months. (laughs) And then, as soon as you look around and ain't nobody else, (laughs) you move on, right? It's, I don't know about you, but it only took one time shooting a nail gun into my thumb before (laughs) wisdom set in. And I did things a little differently. Wisdom closes the mind to false information. And God's Word removes ignorance. But here's the problem. Many people, instead of allowing God's Word to remove ignorance, they remain in ignorance and remove God's Word. There are many churches today doing this. There are many churches today saying, Well, you know, the Bible, and, and I'm not kidding. Uh, if you've grown up in a church like this, you have been blessed beyond measure because the word of God has been, has given you, uh, 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 the word of God has been given to you as a foundation. It is God's word that is preeminent. It's God's word that teaches. God's word that instructs. Not not uh, what some uh, teacher says, or not what some other book has to say about it. But it's God's word. But there are some churches today that will come right out, and the preacher from behind the pulpit will say things that are against God's word and then when someone says but what about the Bible and they say well that's just a good book but this is a different day no beloved no it is God's word and the moment that God's word ceases to be the focus of this church is the moment we need to lock the doors because it'll serve no good purpose Well, Pastor, what about this church I know? They're a good church and they do a lot of nice things. Didn't ask. The Word of the Lord is what opens the mind of the simple. Verse 8, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Straight or fair is what this word right means. Literally, it can be even translated as convenient. In other words, it makes sense. It makes sense. There's no issue with one person over another. Because you can see where it says that the statutes are right, rejoicing in the heart. It causes joy in the hearer. There's no, none of what God's Word has to say is grievous. These are not grievous commands. These are not uh, difficult uh, uh, commands and rules that God puts on top of man. No, they are loving regulations of what God expects for man to do so that it will benefit the man. Think about it for a minute. He says, he, and Jesus says, follow me. He, the young man said, well, what can I do to get eternal life? Follow me. Who's benefiting from that? You and I. We benefit from trusting Christ as Savior. What's the benefit for God? I remember in reading some of my uh, schooling on the, for counseling, there was a story about a guy... Uh, who had, uh, he was a, supposed to be a Christian man. And he was talking to the counselor and he looked at uh, his wife and he said, Well, he looked at the counselor and he looked at his wife and he says, Well, could you love something like that? And I love what the counselor did. He grabbed a mirror and he said, Here, how could God love something like that? Have you ever thought about what God got out of the deal? <laughs> I got a relationship with Thrice Holy God. I got deliverance from my sins. I got grace that I did not deserve. I I was given an adoption into the family of God. He made me His son. He made me an heir. I have all things that pertain to life and godliness because of His Son. And what does He get? You wouldn't want it either. We need to understand I get the privilege of rejoicing because his statutes are right next his commands are pure his commands are pure this means clean or even clear is another way of saying it God's word is without spot clear enough for the simplest child to understand okay boys and girls Let's teach your parents and your grandparents for a minute, okay? I need all the kids' attention for just a moment because you need to wake your moms and dads up for a second, okay? Now, check this out. Thou shalt not lie. Ready? If my boss says, what time did you work today? And I say 9 to 5, but I didn't make it in until 9.15, did I tell a lie? But it's just a little white lie. Up, it's still a what? And a lie is a? See? You see that? If the tax man wants to know how much money I made this year and I leave out that bonus, have I lied, children? Yes. All the adults sitting here going, shut up, boy. (laughs) All right. Now, if the word of God says, Husbands, love your wives, and I get in the car and you're in the car with me, and I'm on the phone with one of my friends, going, I just, that woman, sometimes I can't stand her. Have I obeyed God's word? If my Bible says, wives, see that you reverence or respect your husbands, but every time the kids are around, she tells, you know, your mom goes, Oh, this is what your dad, and your dad is this kind of person, and she doesn't respect. Has she obeyed God's word? No. See? And we wonder why y'all are the parents. (laughs) You see, we need to understand God's word is simple, it's clear. And it causes us to see. We just need to open our eyes. We just need to open our eyes. Let's take a look at the next thing here. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. The fear of the Lord. Clean, again, pure. It's in a moral sense though. Fear is an inner attitude of man. It's not an irrational fear, but a completely pure fear and uh, right because of the truth. However, in reference to God, we are referring to respect. And it endures forever. Understand this. Reverent fear of God is not dependent upon man's responsibility, but upon God's character. A good quote that you can write some, down somewhere and put in the flyleaf of your Bible. I had this uh, taped on my desk for a while. My desire to do what has been asked is dependent upon my view of the one asking. I'll give it to you again. My desire to do what has been asked is dependent upon my view of the one of the one asking. If He says, do this, what I think of Him is going to dictate my response. There's an eternal obligation of man to fear or reverence God regardless of man's willingness. It says that His judgments are true This could be saying faithful, or better yet even, established. Established. Psalm 119, 189 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. And it says that it's righteous altogether, or all at once. Every part of God's word at the same time is righteous. Righteous. None of this, well, that was for a different time, Pastor. Come on. You can't really be that antiquated. That was for a different day. That was for a different time. No. Every part of God's Word is righteous. Always. Always. So let's see how we can apply this to our lives. And let's look at it from what's the point. (laughs) Come on, Pastor. Get to the point. I'm hungry. Let me ask you. Where do you find your footing? Where do you find your footing? What is your foundation in life? Get this. Only those who have truly accepted God's Word have an understanding, a fuller understanding of what is needed, what is expected. God's Word tells us how we should live our life. Hold to God's Word. This is our foundation. Nothing else. Do you trust in flawed man's reasoning or in the inerrant Word of God? Well, Pastor, you know, you may say that, but Bart Ehrman says, well, Richard Dawkins says, Emmanuel Kant said, oh, come on, God's Word. I think I'll take God's Word over my Word any day of the week. And please, don't ever walk away from here saying, well, Pastor Andy said, unless it's followed up, that God's Word said, and focus in on God's Word. Not mine. Never mind. Do you seek for it like treasure? says in verse 10, more, desire, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than f- much fine gold, sweeter also than honey from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. We are rewarded. I, I want you to see that, and we're going to start to make our close here. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them you see that? It's in keeping, not for keeping. We're not rewarded because we obeyed. We are rewarded in our obedience. If I tell my kids, "Don't touch that, it's hot." I'm not going to reward them for obeying. The reward of their obedience is that they don't have a burnt hand. Many of us only follow God's word and obey for some sort of reward that we think we're going to get. Verses 12 through 14 closes and reveals the heart. Understand this that only the humble, only the humble who loves the Lord with all his heart sees uh, their duty to him. And regards his word as beneficial. If I don't, if I'm not humble, I won't see his word as beneficial. If I don't love the Lord, I won't see his word as beneficial if I don't understand my responsibility and my duty as far as where I fall in the pecking order with God, I will not see His Word as beneficial. Only the humility that comes with, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. I love that. I love that. Do you see what He's saying there? (laughs) Many times you hear people say, well, I don't want to sing like that. I don't want to read like that. I don't want to live like that. God knows my heart. Really? Why don't we come to Him instead of saying, hey, bub, this is the kind of worship I'm giving you. Take it or leave it. And come with the attitude of, Lord, I want my worship to be acceptable in Your sight. When's the last time we entered into the throne room of grace just simply saying, let the words of my mouth and all that I am focusing on in my heart be acceptable in Your sight? When I go grocery shopping, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. When I'm at the car dealership, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. When I'm on the phone with the help desk, let the words of my mouth Well, this guy's in Georgia. He doesn't know me. And the meditation of my heart. Be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord. My strength. My Redeemer. How about you today? Is this your foundation? Or is it sinking sand? Father, as we come before You, Lord, humbly, humbly and in great affection, we ask, Lord, that You would cause in us an understanding of just what it is that You desire us to do. Understanding, Lord, it's not for Your benefit or because You like to give rules, but because it is what helps us. And Father, You are the great master designer. And anything You say should be accepted as right. So Father, help us in this, Lord, we pray. I pray, Father, for the one today that does not know You as their personal Savior. Lord in heaven, today would be the day that they trust You, that they rely upon You, that they see Your Word as completely sufficient, giving sight to the blind and wisdom to the simple. Father, the one that perhaps is a child of God, but has maybe strayed from the truth of Your Word, or perhaps has not made the truth of Your Word the foundation of their home, let today be the day that that changes And they give themselves completely to the Word of God in all of its glory. Thank You, Father, for Your creation and how it testifies to the truth of who God is. We pray these things in Your Son's name and for His sake. Amen.